What's up, guys? Welcome into the Modern Christian Dads podcast. My name is Jeremiah Johnson alongside Funko Pop Greg Walden. What's up, Funko Pop Greg Walden? Hey. In the house today. I need a new fan. Yeah. <laughs> She's really ugly fan there. Uh, yeah. anyway. <laughs> Shout out to Kelly Stevens. There you go. Hey, we're dudes talking news, sports, and God. We're Christian dudes. That's right. We love Jesus, but we love to talk what's happening in our world, you know, news, sports, and most importantly, our favorite topic of all. God. God, that's right. He's the center of our life. So how are you doing, Funko Pop, Greg Walden? I am doing great. Have, Have you added to your collection in the last week? Um, let me think here. Uh, <laughs> actually, uh, I did order a uh, General Obi-Wan Kenobi one that they had on the Funko Pop. It was exclusive. Okay. So I had to have him. He was pretty cool. So. Okay. Exclusive meaning uh, at a store or just... It's what does that mean? Uh, exclusive to only the uh, Funko shop. What they do is uh, they'll oh, okay. will we'll, we'll make an exclusive, and they'll like a certain amount, like a certain time or a certain day, usually around noon or so, they'll throw it out there, and and people just jump on it, and they usually sell out pretty quick. Yeah, and they talked about uh, there's one podcast I listen to. It's kind of on wrestling figures, but they do Star Wars, and and they had talked about how they thought the pandemic would kind of kill the collector industry but it's just really blown up in the last year well people's got from more time. <laughs> yeah more time from funko pops to yeah. pro wrestling you know all kinds of action figures i mean if you see go to walmart's and i when i'm with the boys and myself sometimes i always go in where there's kind of the wrestlers action figure type aisle if you will it's been empty yeah months and months and months so people are snatching stuff up oh yeah so anyway, uh, what do you guys collect? Do we got any collectors out there, modern Christian dudes? I'm just kind of pretty much, you got to stay tight because you can, you know, there's like the Marvel Legends. I'm a big Marvel, but that's yeah. become huge. Marvel Legend figures. Uh -huh. And there's like a billion of those. You could yeah. go crazy in those. I mean, so if you step into one thing, it can get scary because you can. <laughs> yeah, and expensive. <laughs> they're designing each world. I saw on YouTube, I bought you the uh, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe re WWE, yeah, smat mashup figures or whatever. I got Kelly Stevens, the Macho Man. I got you, the Ultimate Warrior. Ultimate Warrior, which that's a hard find actually. The Ultimate yeah. Warriors get snatched up. I got Greg, the one. But now they've come out with five different lines of those now. Oh, really? So they keep producing. Uh, new, like there's a Rowdy Rowdy Piper uh, oh. that came out in the new line, the He Man one. So very, and we're not getting those at our Walmart. Like so, that's what I'm saying. Is yeah, what's up, Walmart, Carthage? Come on, man! I saw YouTube that had a because uh, the new line has a Ultimate Warrior, another Ultimate yeah. Warriors coming out. So anyway, I uh, want a hacksaw Jim Duggan. That's like yeah. my holy grail of, of wrestling <laughs> figures. I, I'm sure you can get one of those as far as I wonder the newer release, new release, yeah. retro release, if they'll have that. Uh, yeah, I thought I saw one on the internet, but it looked nothing like it. it was like one of those cheapy, like, oh, this looked like somebody just ran it over and just. Yeah, <laughs> that's the, I think that's the thing I'm, you know, I'm not going to get into the retro type stuff because I find a joy. Now I like opening it. I don't really collect to keep it in the package. Uh -huh. I guess some of the Funkos, but I like how Funko is designed. You can kind of open yeah. it and put it back yep. in fairly easy. Uh, and still, I mean, my boys still destroy some of the boxes, but anyway, I like opening the figure myself for the first time. So I don't know if I could buy like a used figure or get into that too much. It's, it's no big deal. Like the, like the thing is, if you don't intend to resell it, take it out of the box. Yeah. Well, that'll be another show. Greg Wald and I'll start podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Funko Pop, Funko Pop mania with uh, Funko Pop Greg Walden. All right. Uh, let's get into it. Dude's talking news, sports and God. Thank you for all of you that listen, subscribe, give us a review, interact with us. We really appreciate it. Well, big news in the sports world last week, Tiger Woods uh, got in a big car crash. Did you see that? I what's odd is I was 
going somewhere with my wife, I turn on the uh, talk radio and they were having this police guy in California talk about a single vehicle crash. I'm like, why are they talking about a single vehicle crash mm-hmm. on talk radio? I'm like, what? Well, that's the big news. And, and later on, we found it was Tiger Woods. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Yeah, big deal. Tiger Woods, and now he's made his first uh, comments. Tiger Woods is speaking out following his serious car accident last week, which left him hospitalized with damage to his leg and ankle. Late Sunday night, the 45-year-old golfer took to Twitter to share his thanks after his peers wore red shirts and a show of solidarity with the famed athlete. It's hard to explain how touching today was when I turned on the TV and saw the red shirts. He's no, his fa- he's famous for wearing a red shirt uh-huh. always on Sunday. Uh, three-day events on golf, but he always wears the red shirt on Sunday. Uh, to every golfer and and you, for you are truly helping me get through this tough time. Uh, Rory McIlroy, Cameron Champ, Patrick Reed, Jason Day, Justin Thomas, other golfers in the first WGC event of 2021 uh, wore the red shirts. Woods, a longtime rival and, and pal Phil Mickelson also paid tribute along with other peoples at the PJ Tour. So sounds like he's going to make a recovery. But, you know, the guy he's had a storied past here the last yeah. five, 10 years, he had uh, the car, you know, car accident and he had the wife thing with. Yeah, it's yeah, a lot of stuff going on. But uh, the reason I bring up Tiger Woods is it's so interesting. I don't I played golf. I like golf. I like playing golf. I haven't played for almost going on three years now. But the only reason I play golf and I like golf is exclusively because of Tiger Woods. I mean, he, he changed the game. I mean, before Tiger Woods, I mean, it was somewhat popular, but still kind of a rich white man sport. Yeah. But Tiger Woods brought to an insane level yeah he was really talented too i mean he's a really good golfer yeah he had a he had a huge run and so anyway shout out to tiger wood sounds like he's doing good i did read read a little rumor that uh what are those people that study into crashes i can't remember what their technical name is they were kind of saying well maybe he fell asleep or something like that but whether he did or not yeah. ever want to see him when anyone and long as, he's really all, I mean, long as he's as long as he recovers and he's all right you know that's a that's a blessing. Yeah, I was rooting for him. He did. He since his last uh, comeback, he has won a major and a few tournaments. But I'm guessing it's you know just go ahead and hang it up. He's probably got a billion dollars and yeah, life's gonna be fine. Okay, Tiger Woods, we send our prayers to you today. Get well in Jesus' name. All right, the next one: a robot dog serves beer in Seville to keep table service COVID free. So now robot dogs, uh, yeah, I think it's time in the times of the pandemic, it's very good that there is a robot serving drinks so that there's no contact between people. Customer Abel Ross said it's very cool, but some punters are not quite uh, convinced in Seville. It is something that is very difficult for us to understand because we like people. We like a lot, a lot, the proximity and we like to deal with the person behind the bar who serves us the beer. <laughs> so um, in, interesting. I just found that to be now we have robots yeah, serving beer, serving drinks. Now you have kiosks. Now you got robots. Man. <laughs> We're all going to be unemployed one of these days. Yeah, I don't I don't know what to think of that as a person who's uh, in the past has worked in the tip industry. You know, yeah, my you, past being the pizza delivery. But how do you tip a robot dog? You know, yeah, that, well, that's what I'm saying is like, do they do you have to tip the robot dog or who, who does if you do, who does the tip go to? So I did watch the video it was kind of like a four legged little robot thing, bringing it out. And I think it's cute. I don't know. You know, there's certain things that I, I think even with technology as, as as advanced as it will continue to get, there are things that can't be replaced. You know, our guy, Elon Musk, that we cover here and there, even he talked, I watched a YouTube video, just him saying that, you know, there's still things that uh, we need humans for. And even as technologically advanced as he is, he still, you know, believes in humans. Right. 
Thank you. you. Know, and, and a lot of times when we go to, a, you know, <laughs> like I mean, I don't establish bars and stuff, but I, I go to like you know, go to restaurants stuff. You like interacting with people. Yeah. You know, you, you, a lot of places you go to like a certain place you go to like all the regular time. Like some people go to the same restaurant or same this or same that, and they develop a relationship with that with that mm-hmm. restaurant, and so they kind of like become a norm, sort of say. And so, but you know, you play some robot. Robots like chirp, 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 you know. Yeah, you can't. You can't yeah. I think the one thing I don't like about servers today is I notice that like they keep wanting, and I understand they make you know their job is making a living off tips. But you ever notice now when you swipe the card or whatever, it's like uh, tip, leave a tip, and now it has it for you like fifteen, yeah. twenty, twenty five percent. I'm like, what twenty? <laughs> so, I mean, I like to tip well, but you know sometimes I'm not a twenty percent tipper. I guess that's yeah. my confession. Yeah, it just depends on the day. If you kind of yeah. short on, you know, you don't have much money in the bank, you just, you're, you know. You should always tip and tip well. but Yeah, I, I mean, I try to tip pretty good. Yeah, you know, most of the time, I, I'm a really good tipper. All right, and so there you go. Servers, if you see Funko Pop Greg Walden of the Modern Christian Dudes rolling up to your table being like, yes, thank you, Jesus. It's going to be a good day. <laughs> it's payday. All right. <laughs> Next up, some automobile news here. The Volkswagen's long-awaited re- revival of Microbus goes autonomous. ID Buzz electric van is on its way. Uh, the long-awaited revival of the Volkswagen Microbus will finally happen in 2022. It will apparently include some form of autonomous driving capability. You all know that I'm a fan of autonomous driving uh, the capabilities. VW confirmed Monday that it plans to debut its new electric van next year, which would be a half decade after a concept version made a splash at the 2017 Detroit Auto Show. The German automaker announced it will integrate autonomous driving technology into the Volkswagen ID Buzz, that's the name, making it a 21st century callback to an era filled with nostalgia. While the production version of the van is set to be revealed in 2022, VW US CEO Scott Ko recently told Automotive News that the ID Buzz won't be available for sale in the U.S. until 2023. The concept vehicle's much-heralded debut came in the early stages of a trend called hashtag van life, in which people, which we, I love the van life, in which people travel the country living out of their vans by choice. The trend has taken off during the pandemic as Americans take advantage of new remote work options. There you go. Wow. So I don't have the picture right in front of me, but it is pretty cool. Those little old, you know, VW vans. Yeah. It's basically like a retro. Oh, yeah. New version of those, electric, with some autonomous driving. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm a big fan of autonomous driving. I, I mean, I like a Come on. Okay. I mean, I just, just, I mean, I'm just not a big fan on, on driverless vehicles. <laughs> you know. I believe in it. I, I think the technology, come on, Greg Walden. It's time for autonomous driving cars. It's 2021. Elon's got it held down. Everything's going to be okay. Starlink <laughs> is going to keep it under control. Yeah. It'll be good. Well, I'm telling you, I work with computers. There's too many failures <laughs> in there, man. I have teenagers, though, like, and I see them drive. So, yeah. But, <laughs> again, they have never built a computer that, that can come anywhere close to processing like a human brain can. Yeah. There's infinite situations you find yourself on the road. How can you really program a computer to deal with every one of those situations? That is true. So, but I, I still like it. I, and I, I just think back to all those road trips that I took from California to Nebraska. And I was like, man, if I just had autopilot. Oh, yeah, it'd be awesome. I autonomous mean, driving. Sleep and let the car I could sit it. down and take a nap, wake up and, you know, wake up in uh, Nevada, take another nap, wake up in Utah, take yep. another nap, wake up in Wyoming, yep. take another nap, wake up. I'm in Nebraska. 
take another nap. Wait, I'm still in Nebraska. Take another nap. I'm still in Nebraska. And then I'd be home. Yeah, you go. <laughs> or something like that. But then again, you know, look, wait, we was in the mall yesterday. We saw the uh, Coke machine with the blue screen of death on it. Like, oh, yeah. So I mean, they can't even make a Coke machine <laughs> stay working. Now they're going to make a car. You know? Yeah, very true. Okay, one other little quick item. I always bring up my YouTube channel of the week is my new thing. So, uh, hey, shout out to Rob Vaughn. He's listening there. He dialed in for a second. What's hey, up, Rob? guys? Rob Vaughn, CWF. What's up, brother? You can't, I don't know if you can kind of kind of see just slightly up there. I sent him a text the other day saying, uh-oh, there's two, wait, there's two Texas heavyweight championship belts? That's a problem. Yeah, that, that would be. Two belts, there can only be one champ. Yeah. So business is going to have to be settled at some point yep. regarding that issue. Just let me know once I can grab my popcorn and coke and get a front <laughs> yeah. seat. The Freak, tag team champion, CWF, Rob Vaughn, a.k.a. The Freak. Uh, and he wrestled last night. We watched it on yeah. the old Facebook Live yeah. there. If you never, if you want to see some good pro wrestling, yes, Monday nights, Christian Wrestling Federation. Just put that right in your search bar on Facebook, YouTube. You'll check yeah. it out. Uh, they do have YouTube channel. Well, okay, my YouTube channel of the week, I guess, could be CWF, but is uh, Hasbro. Hasbro. So that's my YouTube channel of the week. If you go to Hasbro, which is the toy company, uh -huh. but what I love is they twenty four seven have the uh, continuously going, the 1985, 86, I don't know if it's 87, but the G.I. Joe yeah. episodes. You can watch full episodes live continuously. Oh, man. Hasbro. I forget how good that was. Like just the character development there. And all all the, the every character is yeah. unique. And all the moral lessons you learn at the end, so you don't burn yourself on a campfire or something, you know? Little moral lesson, little, <laughs> uh, the, you know, Fighting for freedom over land and air. G.I. Joe was there. And now that song is stuck in my great head. So, great song. <laughs> G.I. Joe. And I'm still, I'm like, still trying to explain to my boys. They're like, when they're like, yo, Joe. Yeah. They're like, I'm like, they're like, what does that mean? I don't get it. I was like, well, it's like a, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like, come on. Yeah, we can do it. You know, yeah, you it's know their war You know cry. you're old when you say something like that. And everyone's like, what are you saying, man? <laughs> It reminds me of the time I was at the restaurant. My this is back in 2010, and, and Gary Coleman had just passed away that week when we was at the, in uh, Fruita. And that was show he saw. I know he's the little black guy. Yeah, different R strokes, R yeah. So, so we we went to this restaurant and after we, right on the evening time, our supper. And my brother goes, "What you talking about, Willis?" And he's like, "What you talking about? <laughs> Who's Willis?" Yeah. <laughs> it's like yep. Chris, shut up. You're all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. Now we're gonna start integrating, segueing into some spiritual talk here. Jeremiah Johnson, my rival in the ministry world. I don't, I don't like this Jeremiah Johnson guy. Like he, like my ministry is better than his. I think I would personally, agree. no, of course, I never <laughs> uh, <had> yeah, <laughs> no, this was interesting. I do. So let me, I don't know if I'll read all of this, but let me read through some of this. Jeremiah Johnson, and he would put himself in kind of that prophetic uh -huh. category in the, in the world today. God is using Trump's uh, using Trump, God is using Trump's, I think it, our idolatry of prophets. So I think he's God's, or he's using Trump's loss in the presidency to reveal idolatry yeah. of prophets in politics. Okay. In the Old Testament, if someone prophesied in an event that did not come true, that was enough in, in that was uh, enough to be a false prophet. Uh, I think that's what's happening. It's cutting off part of this. But the New Testament shows that people can make false predictions and still be true prophets. 
Jeremiah Johnson repeatedly emphasized the importance of accountability. Uh, in terms of this, Johnson is concerned that there are people making prophecies on social media with no accountability. Perhaps the most severe words Johnson had for certain parts of the charismatic movement. Uh, let's see. Oh, that we're building a, a Tower of Babel. Donald Trump losing the uh, 2020 presidential election was God's grace, said the ministry leader, because he believes uh, if he would have won, that part, certain parts of the charismatic movement would have thought they were invincible in their prophetic ministry. So anyway, I won't read that whole thing. I found this on churchleaders.com, but he was one of the people who uh, boldly and strongly said, Donald Trump's going to win the election. God told me. And then he was, I, I believe, humble and wise enough yeah. to, to come back around and say, hey, I missed it on that. I really yeah, thought that I was saw, the Lord. And, yeah, and I saw a lot of YouTube channels where people were like, yeah, man, God said Trump is going to win and all this stuff. And yeah. And, and people, uh, I saw some prophets kind of like double and triple down on that. You know, even after, you know, the election, he was still doing some of the, yeah, the, the court, court, court battles yeah. and, and things like that. Even after he had really, I mean, there was a point you knew like, okay, he's lost here. The court yeah. battle here, here, here. It's, it's not going to, you know, yeah. the Pence thing. I'm P Pence wasn't going to get up there and wave some magic wand and, be like, okay, I am Mike Pence, and uh, I decide, I declare today, Donald Trump's going to be the president. Slams gavel. That wasn't going to happen either. Well, my opinion. I mean, some my some people might crucify me for this, <laughs> but people were basically deifying Donald Trump. They were basically treating him like Jesus, and he's not yeah. Jesus. And and people were just all wrapped up in the Trump, Trump, mm -hmm. Trump, 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 and that. The, you know, again, people get emotional. I mean, obviously there's yeah. emotions in politics. Yep. And so they get emotions involved and they start hearing, you know, like they, they believe this emotional voice you're hearing is God when it's just their emotions. Yeah. And, and, and so they're, they're and you know, and yeah. sometimes, you know, sometimes you get a, eat that humble pie when you, you're, you know, yep. you know. So I appreciate that. That's really, he really is encapsulates what I thought was appropriate and I wish more of the prophets would have done just been like, hey, you know, we missed it. It, it, it doesn't mean you you can't still prophesy. It doesn't mean that, you know what I'm saying? It doesn't mean, in my opinion, it doesn't make a minister invalid. You know what I'm saying? I, I mean, I'm human. Maybe I don't consider myself a prophet or, you know, prophet. You know, I serve as a pastor in a local church, but I'm, you know, not every sermon is a home run or maybe I don't flush everything out. And that's, that's okay, you know? And so the, the downside is for some of these guys that to, there's a little bit level of arrogance that, hey, I'm right and I'm right all the time and I'm never wrong. Yeah, it, and, happens, uh, yeah, it happens a lot. And even, even secularly it happens where people think they're the cat's meow and they get full of themselves. They, they think they're the authority, so to speak, and then it falls down. Yeah. What do you guys think on that? I just think, uh, you know, it because ultimately... Uh, it does, you know, our lives are a reflection of the God that we serve and Jesus. So that's a reflection of Christianity. You know, I think of, I love the way one lady in our church, when we were talking about this one day, is she was saying, how do you think, you know, and not who cares what everyone else thinks, how do you think, let's put it in this context, what I, I thought was great. How do you think Donald Trump feels about Jesus? You know, because he had all these Christian voices in his life yeah. that were telling him, God told me you're going to win. 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 That had to be hard for him to wrestle with that. Yeah, it would be because 
I mean, again, I mean, I don't know what level of spirituality or how strong his relationship with guys. I don't know that. But say if he's a new Christian, say just say if he's a new Christian, and people were telling him that, and he would probably, oh yeah, God, it is. You know, so then he would believe it. And then when it crashes down, it didn't happen, and his faith could be shattered by that. You know. Yeah, I have a friend who he ran for local. Uh, I don't know if it's Congress or it was a local political office. Uh, state representative or something like that and he, man he was hyped up about it and and he you know said the same thing or he himself's like god told me i'm gonna win and man when he didn't win he was crushed yeah i mean he really had to battle that so it's it's dangerous you know when we declare something as of the lord and it does not happen um because that can cause questions to who god is you know well, and, and see, I, I wanted Trump to win. I mean, I, I like Trump. Now, do I agree with everything he did? No. But I, for overall, I think he did a really good job for the four years he was in. And I really wanted to win. I didn't want Biden to win. Yeah. But then when he lost, yeah, I was like, dang, gone. That, that's horrible. But then yeah. again, my whole attitude was like, my hope is in Jesus, not in Biden, mm-hmm. not in Trump. Jesus is still on the throne, regardless of who wins the election. Whatever happens in the country, Jesus is still on the throne, and no one's going to unseat him. Yep, absolutely. Well, shout out to you, Jeremiah Johnson. Uh, I appreciate that article. Our rivalry, it doesn't change our rivalry in terms of ministry. I mean, that's, um, I'm, I'm hopefully when people Google Jeremiah Johnson, they're looking for this Jeremiah Johnson, not that Jeremiah Johnson. I'm sure that's a, a struggle for, for both bro- of us. I've in the group. For your brother, man. <laughs> Just kidding. There's 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 no rivalry. We're we're the body of Christ. Different parts, different functions. So God bless your ministry, Jeremiah Johnson, in Jesus' name. All right. So I do want to get into some spiritual talk. We are living. Oh, every day is just like oh man. Not that we don't enjoy serving the Lord. Not that we don't know that God is good. Not that we don't know that God is in control. But we wake up every day in this world, and it's just like, ugh, I gotta live another day in this world. Come on, Lord, come, come quickly, right? That's how I feel, at least. Yes, Amen. <laughs> so, but the one thing I brought to the table at our men's breakfast, which I'm just kind of reiterating, is the the issue of being not ashamed, not ashamed of who we are, not ashamed of our beliefs, not ashamed of the Word of God, because we're we again are living, and again we I know I know we've gone through some of these periods before. And whether this is the return, the, the return of Christ spearheading our way, which we believe in, or if it's a season, what we do know, this is a scary season for people who call themselves believers yes. and followers of Jesus Christ, because our faith is going to be challenged on many different levels. Yep. I'm not talking about whether, oh, no, we're going to lose our tax exempt status. Come on, man. That's that's carnal thinking yep. that that's. Okay, God's got that stuff. I'm talking about our freedom of speech, our our ability to declare the truth of God's word and not face repercussions for. It. That's that's what's at stake is really uh, you know, scary. But I love what what Paul said and the and the Bible tells us about not being ashamed. Let me just read it out of the word Romans chapter 1, verse 15 to 17. Says this is why I'm so eager to preach the gospel also to you who are in Rome. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as is written, the righteous will live by faith. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. And Paul put that at the forefront of his ministry and said, listen, I'm going to go do what God wants me to do. 
I'm going to, and wherever it is, no matter what, because he, he wasn't stationary. You know, he wasn't just pastoring one church in one area. Uh, he was taking missionary journeys to various communities and places, many of which were not Christian. And he said, Hey, I'm going to go in there unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to preach it. Well, 11 of the 12 disciples were martyred for, for preaching Jesus. Mm -hmm. It was not a really friendly time for, for, you know, in the early church for Christian to be a Christian. Wasn't, he wasn't really accepted. You faced serious persecution and death for doing it. Yeah. The reality is, it, it is very, I don't know, very likely, but potentially likely that we will lose our freedoms of speech in this country, the we're United already, States of well, America. We're already starting to. It's not just, it's not the future. It's, it's already happening. Yeah. And what are we going to do? Are we going to be like, okay, let's, you know, not say certain things or, and, and I'm not saying, you know, my goal isn't, you know, when I step up to preach on a Sunday morning, my goal isn't to tackle or battle issues. I would like to think that I'm really trying to say, God, what do you want to speak through me this day? But in that there's a reality of the scripture and the word of God that is offensive to those that don't follow Jesus Christ. Well, the Bible says the the word, you know, the gospel is an offense to those who are perishing. Yeah. And we're going to have to deal with that. And, and I don't know, is the government going to start sending out cohorts or people to check up on us? Will they be looking at our live services, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, down the road, very possible. Yeah. And so I, 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 here's what I believe is that we're going to have to take a stand and say, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed, ashamed of the word of God. And I'm not ashamed of the re- repercussions that will come because of my belief and my willingness to speak what I believe is God's word, the Holy Bible, the truth of God's word. I don't make apologies for that. And I'm unwilling to compromise the truth of God's word. Yeah, because believers go on to take a stand because, you know, like the Bible says, you're in a fight. Whether you realize it or not, whether you want to be or not, if you're going to proclaim the name of Jesus, you're in a fight. You're in a battle. And the battle's coming to, to our door. It's going to come right to our doorsteps. And then at that time, it comes right to our doorstep. We're face to face. Then you're going to make a decision. Are you going to stand or are you going to fall? Yeah. And I'm, we're, we're talking to modern Christian dudes here today that – that we will be guys, dudes, not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. My, my wife loves to read these old school missionary stories. And I know one of the repetitive themes of that she'll read about was often about how the husbands were taken to jail. I wish I had some specific examples, but just how the husbands were taken to jail because of, because they're pastors and because they're preachers of the word and they had their wives and kids and they were separated for months, years, uh, and how those those pastors had to be willing, because a lot of times they would present that that concept or idea to them. They would say, okay, if you'll just announce Christ, we'll let you out of jail and go back to your family. But those pastors had to be unashamed, unwilling to compromise, say, hey, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not going to compromise. I'm not going to denounce Jesus Christ in my life or in my family. So I guess I'm going to have to stay in jail. Yep. I mean, it's the nitty gritty. Yeah, and and we're we are modern Christian dudes. God has given us this mantle of leadership over our families, over our our marriages, and it's not a it's not a dictatorship, but it's a a mantle of leadership that we have that you know steps over our uh, not over I don't even want to say over, but you know as we lead our wives and children, there's going to be times to say, hey, as well as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Serve the Lord. 
So let me read one other scripture. It says, Second uh, Timothy 2.15, it says, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. So there's several concepts uh, in there, that passage of scripture that I like in terms of this thought of not being ashamed is number one is that we're presenting ourselves to God. One day we're going to have to present ourselves to God for the life, the unashamed life that I hope we will live, yes. you know, that one day I can present my God on, present myself to God on a daily basis, but also one day at the end of my life, when I present myself to God is that I was unashamed, right? I lived a not uh, unashamed lifestyle. And we don't fear man. I mean, we, the Bible says, you know, don't fear the person that can kill you, and that's all they can do. Yep. Fear the one that can only that can, not, can also kill you, but also send you to hell. Yeah. A worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. So we don't need to be ashamed. You don't have, you don't have to be ashamed of who you are, what you believe in. Uh, listen, I believe there's appropriateness in the workplace. You know, you know I understand that in the workplace that – you know, you might not be go there every morning and stand on your chair in your office and start yelling about Jesus. I get that, but you you don't have to be ashamed either. You know, if you're when you're in conversations when with your coworkers and people like that, you don't have to be ashamed. No, you can say, "Hey, this is who I am. This is what I believe. Well, I'm not ashamed you know, of that." In today's workplaces, you're seeing a lot of companies where they're it's the cancel culture, and I, I'm gonna step on in cancel culture and all everything's going on in our culture really is societal rebellion against God. That's when you yeah. come down into the integrity. We don't want God. We don't want the Bible. We want to be so-called free from the shackles of, of the Christianity. That's why they're at war against Christianity. So everything, all this stuff going on is basically societies at war against God. Yeah. Therefore, they're going to hate those who adhere to God and his word. And so all that concentration of the battle is going to be against Christians and, and God's people. Yeah. And it's and in these companies, you'll see, you'll see the news all the time. They're, the cancel culture is, in, is being embedded into their corporate environment, and those, and those who are you know you know so high uh, employees who are high profile or maybe you know I've heard of people getting fired for having a Bible quote on their in their cubicle, yep. you know, and, and so it's it, it's is you know even if you're silent, even if you're not out there like I say standing on the chair and preaching, you're just there doing your job. It's coming to you, yep. And then you're like, okay, well you need to, you know, be you know you need to take a course on something that violates your, your faith. Yeah. The baker, the Christian bakers in, in, in Wyoming or somewhere other than the West. Yeah. Who, yep. who basically the government went after them because they wouldn't make a cake for a homosexual couple. Yeah. And like, no, we don't believe we're not going to celebrate a gay wedding because we don't believe in it. The Bible says it's wrong. Mm-hmm. We're not going to take part in that celebration. Oh, we're going to find you. Or we're yeah. going to basically financially bankrupt you for it. Yep. So wow. it's coming to you. Yep. And uh, I love that. This is to me is a great, uh, ending to the discussion is that okay read it again do your best to present yourself to god as one approved a worker who does not need to be need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth so because here's the danger is you know all of a sudden we have churches that are embracing lifestyles or you know things that we you know we used to say this was wrong and and that the bible says this is wrong but now we're kind of like because of pressure and culture we're like okay you know maybe god's okay with it and maybe the bible doesn't say that you know what i do know is if we're going to live an unashamed lifestyle then one thing that has to be a part of that is say god help me to handle correctly handle the word of truth right because that's a sacred thing help me not to be flippant with you know and i I think about that as a pastor uh, um not too deep into certain issues but 
you know, not, not, not to start fudging on sin. You know what I'm saying? Cause you know, sin is sin and Bible says truth is truth. And yeah. you know, we can't start, you know, making the gospel what we want it to be for the sake of culture. Well, we can't be spiritual cowards. Yeah. I mean, basically the guy, I mean, if you take everything and do it, when they be in a believer or a church kind of starts, you know, well, well, it's they're, they're, they're spiritual cowards because they're not, they're not brave enough and, and spiritual enough to say, no, God says it's a sin. Mm-hmm. And it's not, well, like, well, you're judging me. No, I'm telling you the truth because yeah. God says this. <laughs> so because I, because God's word is the authority and I know God's word, I can say, I can speak with that authority Yes, and say, this is what God says on a subject. It's not my opinion. It's not your opinion, but this is God's fact. This is God's truth. Yeah. He wrote the book. Here it is. Yep. Well, we're guys, dudes, we're all, we're all in different places, different workplaces, different vocational roles that we serve in. But in all of those places, we're supposed to be unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we're supposed to be speaking and declaring, uh, you know, again, I understand you, you might be a teacher or, you know, some of these areas where I guess I, you know, I do get, you know, some of the guidelines and things like that, but still you have to live an unashamed lifestyle. Yeah. So, you know, when it comes to, again, the question, if someone comes up to you like, oh, I heard you're Jesus follower, huh? Yeah, I am. Um, you know, oh, I heard you believe this, huh? Yeah. Yep. And this is why I believe this because yep. there, there's truth. There is a truth that we are correctly handling that we, we operate our own individual life with, but we're not afraid to let other communicate that truth to other people in love too. Yeah. In love. And we're not, we're not just, you know, that's the thing is we're not going to be these closet Christians that are just like, well, I'll believe, I believe this, but I don't want to offend anybody. So I'm not ever going to say anything about, no, I'm not ashamed. If you just say Jesus Christ, you're going to offend. Yeah. That's all you have to say. Cause again, it, Gospel is offensive to those who are perishing. Yeah. Well, modern Christian dudes, that's what we're encouraging you to be today is guys, dudes, not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that you step into the places that God has called you to and live an unashamed lifestyle in Jesus' name. There's our encouragement for you guys today. We appreciate you joining us. Come on, check out the next show. Every single Tuesday, we drop a new episode for you guys. We'll talk to you next time.